Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. None more so uh, of importance and significance than the care of our elderly in these long-term care facilities. And so as our first order of business, I wanted to bring in the Minister of Long-Term Care in the province, Marilee Fullerton, who's joined us here on the Oakley Show, Global News Radio 640 Toronto Minister. Good afternoon. Thank you. Let me ask, uh, first of all, because I saw the press conference that you were uh, a party to earlier in the afternoon, and this was in announcing an action plan for long-term care facilities. If you can just give us a salient points, what are they of the action plan put into place today? Certainly. So, you know, this is, uh, this is happening all around the world. Uh, long-term care homes being on the front line uh, in, this, uh, in the effects of COVID-19. And it's been devastating, and uh, it, it, we had to do more. We started uh, with swift action and decisive measures uh, months ago, but, but we know there needs to be more. And looking at uh, what's happened recently, saying testing, surveillance. So we're going to be testing uh, our residents and staff in the homes that are symptomatic as well as asymptomatic contacts that have been in contact with someone with a positive case. So the testing is really going to be much more um, widespread. We're looking at even understanding across the province how COVID-19 is spreading in, in, in certain areas. And is it through the asymptomatic uh, staff that might be unknowingly uh, coming in with it? Is it what, what are the mechanisms by which it's spreading in the home? And manage outbreaks and spread of the disease. So that's public health unit will be looking at uh, across the province the risks of the different homes because some are at higher risk and looking at how we're going to integrate our hospital sector and almost like a SWAT team that would be able to go into long-term care homes when there is a, an outbreak. And, and I want to make sure that everyone knows we reduced the outbreak protocol from saying an outbreak is at three people in the home to just one. So as soon as there's one person in the home, um, these will be implemented. And I think that really speaks to the expertise that's needed in prevention and uh, infection control uh, in long-term care. So we'll be using those, um, those resources as well as a, a rapid deployment team um, that can go in from local hospitals to assist uh, long-term care homes. So these are really uh, most of the measures. The staffing is a big issue and has been even before um, the pandemic. And so we're looking at how we are going to um, sustain existing staffing and also manage the critical uh, shortages that are occurring in, in various places as staff has to uh, self-isolate for 14 days um, and as um, it's not possible for some of them to con continue to work. So we're using hospital and home care resources uh, that will be deployed into the homes as well as Ontario's new matching portal and the federal government has announced um, a human resource portal as well. So we'll be pulling from all those areas to make sure that the staff in their homes is where it needs to be and make sure that our residents get the care they need, that our personal support workers, how dedicated and compassionate they are and how much we value them. 
All right, uh, Minister of Long-Term Care, Marilee Fullerton on the line. Uh, let me just back up a little bit because you talked about testing, and everybody tends to agree that, you know, more thorough testing is really one of the keys to unlocking the, the mystery around who has it, who may be carrying it, and so on and so forth. I'm just curious why we didn't allocate the bulk of the resources towards testing. Uh, these precautionary measures could have been done proactively sooner rather than now in response because we've got this wildfire, as the Premier said, raging. Why wasn't it done sooner? Well, there's a couple things. The first is that um, we've, we're learning from this virus. It's new to the world. Um, that It spreads asymptomatically. So there's people that have no symptoms. Uh, and this is relatively new to our pandemic planning. Uh, we haven't had to deal with a germ like this, and public health is uh, is keeping up with the evidence as it evolves. And the there were shortages of kits and reagents, so it limited the supply of the testing that was available. And also, it's important to note as well that as we test more, the lab capacity has to be built, and it's ramping up. And you've heard the Premier say how he's insisting on this, and uh, we're ramping up. Public health is working hard. Our labs, our regional labs, are working hard to do this, so it's get uh, and also to really look at how we target the testing in outbreak homes. So we have to do more testing of asymptomatic contacts uh, of positive cases in the homes, but also understand that there may be residents and staff in homes who have no symptoms and and will have that uh, COVID-19. This is becoming more clear. So it was a limitation of the kits of the reagents. Uh, but we're redeploying some of our se- assessment um, teams uh, and, ma- and allowing them to go into homes. And there's some areas where community paramedics are going in and doing the swabbing. So it takes not only the test, but also the, the human resources to do it. And those are being redeployed to make sure this happens. Minister Fullerton, where are we now with PPE? Uh, adequate supplies are still lacking. Now, that was a big issue. And the world was competing for the personal protective equipment. And uh, our government uh, has been working round the clock, as, as has the federal government, to uh, secure these supplies. And that is improving. Uh, our homes in long-term care were struggling for a while in terms of really worried about having adequate supplies. But we've made sure that we're getting those to them. Sometimes if they are, you know, two to three days supply left, I can understand how anxious, what an anxious situation that is. But we have made a commitment and we're getting it out within 24 hours in in the vast majority of cases. But we're monitoring that closely, making sure that we have our long-term care inspectors redeployed to be point people on this uh, to support our long-term care homes and and our our wonderful staff there. Last hour, we talked to the head of Unifor, Jerry Diaz, uh, and he was quite distressed that uh, because he said he'd anticipated that there were going to be problems, uh, not to this extent, obviously, but uh, because of short staffing, not uh, regular inspections and so as he's heard from his own frontline workers that he represents he suggested the system needs a major overhaul uh, and by way of regulation so that there are wages that are brought up and would be attractive to people wanting to maintain jobs in the sector Uh, staffing numbers would also have to be increased so we're not seeing you know one orderly working with uh, 30 or 40 people on a ward as well as maybe uh, inspections, as I say, on a more regular basis, as had been suggested from the Wetlawfer inquiry that came out last year. What do you make of that? Do you believe that, uh, obviously, we're at a watershed moment here with long-term care facilities. Do we need to have regulations upgraded? First of all, our government is the first government in Ontario's history 
to dedicate a ministry to this and to put dollars behind and bringing older homes up to date and redeveloping. And that's what we are in the process of doing. Understanding it's so important to create the transitions of care. Our staff want to work and residents can be treated with respect and dignity. And this is what we were in the process of doing when this pandemic hit. And certainly we knew that there were shortages of staff going in. And that's been many, many years in the making. And we were addressing that and partly using the public inquiry uh, over the Lawford situation um, to make sure that we were properly identifying how we could improve staffing. And there was a comprehensive strategy being put together, um, and that is ongoing. I want to make sure everyone knows that that is ongoing. I do want to draw your attention to you know, the inspection part that you mentioned. We do annual inspections in every home, and, risk, and including, on top of that, risk-based. So if there's, a, if there's a complaint to our action line, if there's someone who's worried about something happening that they don't think should be happening or should be happening, they have a route to take. And so those are acted upon, um, and we are making sure that we do those annual inspections. So the inspection is robust, and I want to assure the public that that's happening. The other uh, complaint uh, Mr. Diaz had was that the uh, workers were never brought into consultation as much as he's asked for it, uh, the frontline workers who may be, uh, you know, the finger on the pulse or ear to the ground, uh, would you consider that going forward to bring them into the inner sanctum as uh, policies are flushed out? Well, we've met with um, many union representatives. We've had an association, OPSWA, for the personal support workers, the Ontario Long-Term Care Association, Advantage. We've we've really spent a, a tremendous amount of time reaching out to and, and consulting and collaborating with so many different groups to make sure that we understand all the issues in long-term care. That was before this pandemic hit. And as you can imagine, um, the speed with which COVID-19 moves and being a new virus, not fully understand how it spreads, we have been acting for months, uh, making sure that we had flexibility for staffing in our homes with the emergency orders to make sure that our residents could get the care they need and that staff could be supported with the active screening, with the, um, you know, the essential visitors only. And that was a hard decision. These things are, you know, they need to be addressed on an urgent basis. And so our, all our consultations and collaboration earlier on, uh, I believe, has, um, has helped. Um, unfortunately, we can't always wait. Um, because things are unfolding, and they are unfolding quickly. So we're making sure that we do stay in touch um, with the um, with the various representative groups and stakeholders. I appreciate your time, uh, and I hope uh, you and the people uh, within these homes are up to the challenge. It's uh, really an egregious situation. Thanks so much for your time. Stay safe. Thank you so much, and my heart goes out to everyone affected. Thank you. Amen to that. Minister of Long-Term Care in the province, Marilee Fullerton. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.